The Afternoons with Joy podcast is presented by United Faith Mortgage. Let their direct lender advantage save you time and money. Welcome to a very special edition of the Afternoons of Joy podcast. My guest today is Rachel Cruz. If you didn't know, she is Dave Ramsey's daughter and has carried on that legacy of trying to help people with their finances. If I'm honest with you, I would much rather just close my eyes and hope for the best when it comes to my finances. I don't really have a budget. I don't want to make one. And I don't really want to control my spending, but I think if 2020 has taught us anything is that we don't have a choice. Even if you don't want to, you've got to open your eyes and really check out what's happening with your finances. And you don't have to have tons of extra money to handle your finances in a healthy way. And so this conversation with Rachel Cruz about her brand new book, It helped me a lot, and I'm sure it's going to help you too. It's not just about how to handle your money better, but it actually helps you get to know your own tendencies and why you might be making the money decisions, good or bad, that you find yourself in. So here is my conversation with Rachel Cruz. I'm here today with Rachel Cruz, a New York Times bestselling author and the brand new author of Know Yourself, Know Your Money. You even have your own show. Rachel, thanks for being with us. Yes, Joy, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, we just talked about off camera how you're, we're both working moms. How on earth do you do all these things and write a book in a pandemic? Like, how did that even happen? <laughs> no, that's funny because that book I wrote before when I was pregnant with my third. Wow. Because I knew he was going to be an October baby. So I was like, okay, I want the manuscript done so I can enjoy maternity leave. That was like yes. my big goal. It's like, I want nothing to do on maternity leave. Uh-huh. So I wrote this all pre-COVID. I mean, I wrote it and finished like October 1 and went about, uh-huh. you know, went along my merry way. And then, and then I did all the edits in COVID. And honestly, it was so funny because I'm like, not that things change because the principles are the same, whether it's a pandemic or not, mm-hmm. but even my viewpoint and even how I handled money through the pandemic, all of it, it just, it just brought this whole new element. So I even added some stuff yes. in it. So it was just, it was a wild time. I think I've seen this time and time again that it seems like people who've been working on things and then they were released in the pandemic that the timing, God kind of worked it out to be perfect. And I can't imagine a better book for right now. I mean, even the title alone made me want to pick it up because I know that you're a part of Ramsey Solutions and you guys talk a lot about how to handle money, but you don't talk a lot about why. So can you tell me where this idea came from? Yes. Well, probably, I don't know, maybe four years ago, I was kind of on this like personal journey. No big thing happened. I just found myself, I remember I read the book, The Birth Order, because I'm a middle Ooh. child. So I was like, I want to know how that, how my birth order and family affected me. I was in some counseling. I took the Enneagram, like all these what like- number re- are you, girl? Oh, I'm a three. Okay. I really want to be a seven. Are you a seven? No, I'm a six, but I okay. can wing seven. Thank God sometimes. <laughs> But girl, that affects everything, right? So I was just like all of those things, all of these different things about four years ago just kind of hit. And I was like having all this self-awareness that I had never had. And not that I have arrived, but I remember thinking, okay, I'm such, I'm a better wife. Like I know questions Mm -hmm. to ask myself more than I ever have. Same with motherhood, same with working. I mean, all of this, it just kind of, it kind of, I don't know, rerouted all this stuff in my head. So then in the middle of it, I was thinking, okay, so how does this affect my money? Mm-hmm. And it was like I went down this black hole is what I joke because I'm like, yes. oh, my gosh, there's all this stuff here of why we handle money the way we do. Everything, yeah. right, our, our fears to our how we grew up with money, all of it. And I was like, 
why for 10 years I've been talking about how to budget, how to get out of debt, how, 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 which is all really important. Mm -hmm. But personal finance is 80% behavior. Wow. It's only 20% head knowledge. So you can know what to do, but actually doing it is where you're going to see progress. And I thought, okay, well, what's affecting us from doing this stuff? And I'm like, oh, it's so much more than, oh, I'm not good at a budget. I'm like, no, there's so much there, the why. And if you can get that why, oh, it it changes your money habits. I think one of the best things in the book that I was obsessed with, you talk about the way that you're raised, because we all know that has so much to do with the way we spend money. And you call them money classrooms. And you can give a quick overview on that. And then I would love to talk about, I think I know which money classroom I'm in, and I would love to talk about it. So will you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. Well, Money's really communicated in two ways in a household. It's communicated verbally, you know, what you hear, but it's also communicated emotionally. Mm-hmm. So when I was writing the manuscript, I was like, okay, so I like made these two. And I was like, oh, God, you gave me a graph. Like, there's a quadrant. A clean graph. <laughs> there's yes. a quadrant, and I can take this and run. <laughs> and so, yeah, I created these four money classrooms. So the first mm-hmm. is the anxious money classroom, and it's where it's verbally closed and emotionally stressed. Mm-hmm. So it's not talked about, but the emotions, you felt the tension around money. You never mm-hmm. could pinpoint why. But man, it was there. Mm-hmm. Classroom two is the is the unstable money classroom, and this is where mm-hmm. it's verbally open but emotionally stressed. Mm-hmm. So lots of conflict, lots of fighting. Probably heard the same money fight over and over and over from your parents. Uh, so that's the conflict. And then classroom three is the unaware money classroom, and this is where it's yeah. verbally closed but emotionally calm. So I always say this one's like your head was in the sand. You were probably the kid yeah. that went off on your own at 18 or 21 and thought, I have no clue how money works. Like, no one ever taught me. it can seem really healthy that way, but then you don't have any tools. That's exactly right. Exactly Mm -hmm. right. And then classroom four is definitely the healthiest, and it's where it's verbally open and emotionally calm. And this is the the secure money classroom. So that's where we all want to get, right? Like, and I, I just became a mom, so I'm really thinking about this in the terms of, what am I cultivating in my house? Because I think I was in the first money classroom that we didn't really talk about money, but at the same time, my dad was in ministry and there wasn't a lot of it. So there was like a tension that I could feel, but it wasn't really, I mean, they thought that was the best not to say there isn't enough money for the bill here at the end of the month. And God always provided for us. But I am so curious, like what your thoughts are about how do you move from one money classroom to the next one? Yes. Well, it's interesting because some people will just mirror what their parents did, right? It's like, that's all they know, so they just do that. And then other people have this visceral reaction where it's the complete opposite, right? Like, I'll talk to someone, they're like, oh, no, 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 I knew there was tension. But yeah, no, I will will forever talk about it. Like, uh, you know, even if it feels stressful, it's going to be less stressful if it's just said out loud, you know? Mm -hmm. So you find, I find that a lot. So yeah. you could move to another unhealthy money class. That's right, that's right. And then the other thing too is, you know, even if you talk to siblings, your siblings, you have siblings, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing, Three brothers, yeah. So they each may say, oh no, I feel like I grew up in three. I never felt the tension, you know? So even between siblings, it's really how you perceived and yes what was going on so the biggest thing I think for on the on the verbal side is learn just to just to talk about it and money can be really difficult to talk about I think a lot of parents like you said try to protect their kids because they think okay if money is tight I'm not going to put the weight of of the world on my five-year-old so I always say share but don't scare right there's there's an appropriate time (laughs) to talk about things specifically but just yeah but talk to them talk about giving savings meaning it doesn't have to be about numbers specifically but learning to have the conversation whether it's with your kids with your spouse with a good friend if you're single Mm -hmm. like whatever it is talk about it Um, and then the emotional side I think that really it can be a calm environment when money is controlled and that's how the Mm how-tos come into play when you really do live on a budget when you really don't owe 
you know, half your income and debt payments because that means mm-hmm. you actually have money and you have margin yes. uh, when you actually save money and have a rainy day fund. Like all of those things mm-hmm. really bring that emotion from stressed yeah. and freaked out to that calm, okay, controlled feeling, which is important. Yeah. I love all the examples that you're giving because, I mean, you grew up in a household where I'm sure it was like talked about in a healthy way. I know your parents went through some crazy stuff. At what age do you feel like you started to understand money? And at what age, like what's a good age to start talking about money principles? How was it for you? Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah. So I was born the year my parents filed for bankruptcy. So they always laugh and say like the first five years of my life, it was survival mode. They're like, oh, we didn't care if y'all learned anything. Like, we were like literally just we trying had to feed yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Food just had to be on the table. Like yes. learning great principles about contentment can come later. Like, no, yeah, we're going to actually now. yeah give you food. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like mom and dad, one great thing is I don't even know if I could answer that. Like I remember being yeah, mm. like elementary school and having to do chores. Like we were never given an allowance. We were always on commission. So like you work, <laughs> Wait, you get paid. What does that mean? <laughs> you earn things, you're on commission. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't just, you're never given money as Ramsey. Like you, oh, wow. yeah, you had to work. Like That makes if so you want, much sense. If you want money, you got to do it. So I learned, I think those kind of oh. things as a kid were definitely mm-hmm. real. But even, you know, there was never a big like money summit every year that we yeah. sat down and talked about money. Mm-hmm. It was really in the ebb and flow of life. And so that's one thing How I always encourage parents. Yes, is number one, more is caught than taught. Your kids are watching you. Yeah. But also it's like when you're at the grocery store, right? Just just say, hey, FYI, there's a there's a brand of cereal that you can buy that's more expensive than the off brand. Like those, it's like it's even though it sounds so insignificant, bringing them into life when it comes to money and how to yeah. deal with it is important. That is so it's it's so much simpler I think than we make it. When you there's things that happen in your mind that you can invite your family into that's so smart. <laughs> Hey, it's Joy. Just taking a second to interrupt this podcast to tell you about our sponsor, United Faith Mortgage. If you made a New Year's resolution this year, it might sound like finally working out. Maybe not wearing pajamas all day when you work at home. For my husband and I, it sounds like trying to get out of debt. And one of the ways that we're doing that is refinancing our home. Rates could not be lower right now. So even if you've never thought about it before, Would you consider doing it with United Faith Mortgage? Because this is a faith and family company that you can trust. It's run by a father-son team, John and Ryan, and they are truly going to treat you like family. Here's why they're the best. They have a direct lender advantage, which means there's no middleman. You often get a better rate, which can save you money monthly and down the road. You can check them out at unitedfaithmortgage.com. That's unitedfaithmortgage.com. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park, Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Something that fascinated me about this is thinking about the marriage dynamic. I mean, you talk a little bit in the book about you and your husband, Winston, and you're going to marry someone who's probably in a different money classroom than you are. How do you, once you start to learn about how you handle money, how do you come together with someone who handles it differently? Yeah, well, this is where the tendencies, I think, really play in. There's seven money tendencies that I write about in the book. Oh, and yeah. so that that's a big part of saying, okay, this is how you're wired. And not you know, there's not always a right or a wrong with your personality when it comes to money. And that's one thing in that section. I didn't want that shame and guilt of like, this is right, this is wrong. So like one tendency is saver versus spender. And a lot of people think the savers are just right all the time. And I'm like, 
no, they're not. They're not. Because I'm a natural spender. I'm like, being a natural spender <laughs> is not a bad thing. It's not wrong. Yes. But again, if it goes to the extremes on both ends, that's mm-hmm. really unhealthy, right? Like the yes. savers can tend to grab on and hoard. And scripture is clear. Don't build bigger barns, but savers can tend to do that. They just want to, they just want to close that, those fists. For a rainy day, you just want to keep it. Oh yes. Great. Oh, and it becomes security. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but the spenders like me, I could spend everything I make and yeah, I'm always make like, let's just cash it. out the 401k and go on a great vacation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not really, not really, but I. You're like, you have me. I, oh, that's bad. Okay. I can spend, I can spend. So I have to learn to save, right? Because yes. scripture is clear in the house of the wise, there's choice of, of food and oil, but a foolish mm-hmm. man devours all. Yeah. It's like, it's wise to save. So it's that it's okay. that medium ground. So I think for spouses to say, hey, you may be more scarcity-minded or abundance-minded. You may be more of a saver or a spender. You may like to spend money on experiences. I like to spend money on things. Like you could go down the list. And again, not a right or wrong, but understanding and having empathy of, hey, he's coming at it like that. I'm coming at it like this. It almost just removes the tension around money. Like if you can yes. just name it and say, okay, we're, we're seeing it a little differently. How do we now work together? Because I think for mm-hmm. money... With married couples, I always like visualize it. It's like money sits in between you guys it and it really becomes does. that wedge where I'm like, no, 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 money's not the problem. Put it over here because a lot of life and marriage problems come out as money problems, but they're not money problems. So like that's so good. And they say money's like one of the top reasons for divorce. Yes. But you're is. saying that's just the way that it's you a spend symptom. your money. It's a, it's a symptom of other issues. So wow. whether it's communication, whether it's different value system, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, yeah, getting on the same page. But then tactically, Joy, budgeting together. Like, that's a very tactical answer, but it's true. When you yes. can sit down as a married couple once a month and say, hey, here's what we're going to make this month. Here's how much we're going to give. Here's mm-hmm. how much we're going to spend. Here's how much we're going to save. This is specifically what's going on. Oh, yeah. that changes the game. And, okay, can you talk to me tangibly about that? Because that's something my husband and I are terrible at. We're always like, we're going to have a money meeting next week. And then we're like, could we just watch a show? <laughs> like, we don't want to do it. The Bachelor, it's a new yes. season. We'll <laughs> Girl, yes. But neither one of us are uh, excited. Neither one of us are the nerd and excited about the finances. So uh, how do you get into that habit together? Do you kind of appoint one person to be like, you're the one who's in charge of of getting us to do this every month? Because like, I know the budget's one of the most important things, but maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I don't like to do a budget either. Where do you start? I'd say I'm like you. I, I'm the one in the relationship. I actually don't like doing the budget as much as Winston, Isn't which is so fun? funny. <laughs> oh, I know. But, yeah, but that's what I used to think. I really, a budget for me for so long, I was like, oh, I just feel like it limits my freedom. It limits mm-hmm. the ability of fun I can have. But I had the switch a few years ago. I was like, no, a budget doesn't limit my freedom. A budget gives me freedom. Mm. It actually gives me permission to spend. So now when I am on Amazon or jcrew.com or what, you know, whatever I am mm-hmm. sending my money, there is freedom because I know I can spend this amount. And that's no problem. And it's fine. Like I don't have yeah. this guilt or I'm not questioning. So there's a level of freedom that the budget does have. So I would say for couples – I want you to really work as a team. So I would say if one is naturally more excited or more gifted mm-hmm. in the numbers, we're gonna have to rock paper. Let them, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, have that person do it. Okay. But but what tends to happen is people will yield, especially people that grew up in classroom three, the unaware money classroom. Mm. They'll tend to say, well, my, money was never an issue for me. And if their spouse is really good at it, they're like, oh no, I'll just let him do it. I'll just and let her do it because I don't anything. need to. Ch- I don't want to check in. Yeah, I'm good. And the the other spouse just handles everything. And I'm like, no, red flag. You both want to be there. 
yeah. look at the numbers together. But the first, the one that enjoys it can create it okay. and bring it. And yeah. then together you talk about it. <laughs> and then you become partners in <laughs> the right. utilization yes. of it. That's yes. so good. Yeah, the team aspect, it mm-hmm. is so important. Like my, my husband and I, we built a house. We moved in last year. Yes. Oh, it's great. And it was like a year and a half process, but we had been saving for so many years before mm-hmm. that. It was like a huge goal for us. And I'll tell you, when we moved in that day, we both looked at each other. I was like, Winston, like moving into this new house is so fun. I mean, it was it was oh, so exciting. Yeah. But the fact that we accomplished that goal together, I mean, there were some months I was like, oh my gosh, because we had a savings goal every month. And some yes. months I was like, I don't know if we're going to hit it. But like we did it. And honestly, when you accomplish a goal together, there's a level of unity that's created. Wow. There's something about the journey of working together that betters your marriage. And I hear people say that all the time, like as people are getting out of debt or they're budgeting and they're working mm-hmm. together, they're like, man, my marriage is better. And I'm like, you didn't do a marriage. I didn't wow. write a marriage book. Or like, you know, you didn't do marriage principles. But there's something beautiful mm-hmm. about coming, that that unity that's created. And in America today, oh, it's like my pet peeve. I won't get on the tangent. But there's like this level of independence people have. No, it's my checking. I have my money. He has yes. his money. And we, and run, on two, we run on two separate tracks. I'm like, no, you're missing so many amazing opportunities as a team to work together. Even though it may cause some conflict, mm-hmm. it can be really vulnerable. There can be yes. tension. But pushing through all of those creates a stronger marriage. Mm. So it's oh, so overall, it's it's I'm huge on it. That was such a good answer because I think we talk so often about how money's so dangerous for a marriage, but nobody's talking about how beneficial it can be. And I'm so grateful for you to show the other side of that. And I, I'm grateful that this book came out now because there is so much fear around finances in the midst of this pandemic. So many people are like, I never expected to be without my job and I'm not, or I never expected to uh, go bankrupt or for my business to fall through. And so you talk about fears a lot in the book. There's so many different money fears. Uh, can you just speak to what it looks like to try to know yourself, know your money, apply the principles in this time? Yes. Well, this is, gosh, 2020 was, like you said, I'm like, there was obviously the health scare, but the financial scare was as real. I mean, Just people, yeah, losing jobs and being furloughed, all of this. And so I talked to Dr. Chip Dodd. He wrote the book, uh, Voice of the Heart, about this section, because I wow. love what he says about fear. He said, fear can actually be seen as a gift. Fear is your body's mm. literal response that you are in need of something. Hmm. So when that fear rises up, I say in the book, listen to it. That money fear, what are you fearful of? Now, I don't want it to go paralyzing. I don't want it to turn into anxiety. All of that is unhealthy fear. Like, no, no, no. But when Healthy that, to a point. That's right, yes. But when when that little, you know, that, that anxiety kind of pops up for just a quick second, okay, name it. What is it? Because one mm. of the biggest fears I see specifically with women is the fear of financial security. Yes. And it's if something happens, are we going to be okay? And for a lot of Americans, that was their reality in 2020. I mean, yes. 40% of Americans couldn't cover a $400 emergency in cash. Yes. And that's so, like so new for so many yes, people. Yes. And if you lose a job, you can, yeah, that is, that okay. would be scary. Do you know what I'm saying? So that yes. fear is real. So when you, when you say that, then use that fear as a tool to say, what can I put in place so that that's not my reality? Mm-hmm. Okay. We probably need to save. We need some money yes. in the bank. Maybe this forces you to say, you know what? I'm done having debt. I'm done. I'm done owing people money because it allows. Mm-hmm. That's a level of risk that you have in your personal finances. But when that's eliminated, you're yeah. there's a freedom there. So like it may force you into actually great money habits. And I don't think wow. pain and fear has to be your only teacher, mm-hmm. but it is a thorough teacher, right? So like if there's a reality of like, oh gosh, we're, I'm not good at this. Yeah. 
then yeah, listen to it and let that lead you to better money habits. Mm -hmm. That is something that you say that the only way, because obviously we want to talk about once we know ourselves, how do we change our money habits? And you say only like difficult uncomfortableness makes us change. Obviously we're creatures who don't want to change. And while this is a scary season, it's a season of discomfort and finances. And so what does somebody do if they're like, well, I don't even, I can't even think about saving right now. I can't even think about those things. Like what's a good place to just like start step one? if you're struggling. Yeah, I would say, I mean, the very first step is kind of what you touched on, but it's true. You have to understand that if you're going to get a different outcome with your money than what you have today, like if you sit here today and say, I do not like where I am, right? I am Mm -hmm. living paycheck to paycheck. I am stressed every month to make the bills. If I do lose a job, I have no clue how my bills are gonna be paid next month. Like if that's you, then you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. No, Mm -hmm. so those habits that brought you there are gonna have to change, but change is uncomfortable. It's painful. It's not fun. And so it's going to be hard. Like there's mm-hmm. going to be a level there. I'm doing something new. And like you said, we, we're we all comfortable. I, I switched the car seats in my van a few weeks ago because I took them out to clean. And I switched my infant car seat with my three-year-old's toddler oh, seat. No. And we were like loading back in the next day. And she would not get in the seat. She's like, this is not my side of the car, mom. sit on this side. Yeah, yeah. She's like, this is not my side of the car. I was like, Caroline, get in the seat. We got to go to preschool. <laughs> it takes so and long she, to install a car yeah, seat. Too. Oh, I know that. I was like, yeah. I'm like, no, we're not redoing we this. Can't. But I thought in that moment, I'm like, even at, a, at three years old, it's uncomfortable to mm-hmm. sit on the, on the other side of the van. Like, I get it. I totally mm-hmm. get it. We No one likes it. But you have to know something's got to change if you want a different yes. outcome. So that's number one. Honestly, number two is I would say the budget. Sit down and actually do a budget. Mm-hmm. And I use the app Every Dollar. So you can download okay. that. It's free. But just to say, okay, here's like the actual money. Here's yeah. the dollars and cents of what's coming in next month. Mm-hmm. Here are all my bills. List it out. See it all. Yeah. Sometimes that's the scariest part is to really face like what is essential in here and what's not. And you're like afraid that there's just not going to be enough, but you have to face it. I'm sure it's like this scary unknown like lion. You're like, you have to tame it. You have to. Yeah. And honestly, too, when I talk to people like that, Mm -hmm. it's usually not as bad as they think. Okay, It's almost like the avoidance of it. The anxiety Mm -hmm. of that has built up so much. So when you actually look at it, you're like, okay, that's my rent. I can do that. Okay. I may have to cut back some on food this month, but we can do that. Like you start to actually get a tangible grip because you start to get control. For the first time ever, your money's not controlling you. You're actually controlling it. So that wow. budget is a big first step. And then we have a plan called the the seven baby steps that kind of mm-hmm. walks you through it. So honestly, I would encourage anyone, you can just Google it. It's free. Yeah. It's online, whatever. But to start really walking yeah. this process and this plan, because mm-hmm. having something that you can shoot for, goals that you know this is exactly what I needed to be doing, mm-hmm. gives you a level of peace and instruction. Yes. I've actually lived that. I got a chance to do my debt-free scream oh, on, right. yes, <laughs> on uh, Dave Ramsey's show, and it was like so so like incredible. And I did that right before I got married because I didn't want to go into a marriage with my, all of my my car debt, my school debt, all of this stuff. And it was so liberating. And it's not like I've handled money flawlessly since getting married is its own challenge. But there is so much freedom in starting to handle that. And so if you had like one word of wisdom to leave with somebody, maybe even something we didn't touch on that you think is important about the book, is there anything we missed about why it's important to like know yourself when it comes to finances? Gosh, I would say when you can get to those root issues, right? So whether it is mm-hmm. that fear, whether it is maybe discontentment, what, whatever that heart root issue is that's causing you to handle mm-hmm. money the way you do, getting to that place, I think unleashes not just the money part of your life, but I think it releases mm-hmm. a level to say of surrender too. Yes. Like when you have this this awareness of, wow, I don't know, it's kind of like going to the foot of the cross constantly where you're like, mm-hmm. 
wow, I really am screwed up. Like there really are so many things. And I'm like, golly, there's just a level of beauty of humility that is shown Mm -hmm. to know I don't have it all, right? Like he ultimately is my answer. He's the ultimate of all of this beyond money. But when I can go there and humbly say, well, I I really may want to do something different or work on this part of myself. It's just a, it's a beauty of healing as well in the process. So it's more than just money for me in this message. Um, it's so much more than, yeah, the, the level of humility and finding yourself is, is key. And I think that's important because when you start to dig into who you are, I mean, I started to see myself in this book and I'm like, I don't show enough grace when like somebody in my life doesn't spend money properly and all these different things that I'm like, oh yeah, I am kind of screwed up. And you, <laughs> But you don't have to stay there. The fact that you go and God has grace to cover this and I don't have to stay there. That's and exactly it's right. It's a beautiful way to handle it. Thank you for sharing this message with us and for writing this book, Rachel. You can get Know Yourself, Know Your Money right now. Thanks, Thanks, Joy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.